Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe. You're listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. The People's Podcast. Here to rock the podcast world. You're listening to another edition of the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show on heartsonlive.co.uk. It's been a busy day in the studio of Hearts On Live today. We've had a, a, a wonderful team meeting. Great. It's just me in the studio at the moment. The Hattrick is not here, but he will be on the phone later because we're keeping with the th- same theme as the Edinburgh Festival. Now, if you, I don't know if you've heard, know about the Edinburgh Festival, you don't know much about it, but we're interviewing a guy called Terry Victor who is doing a one-man show, one-man show, put my teeth in there, all this helps, uh, a one-man show, um, and we're going to be interviewing and talking about his show called Well Thumbed, um, and the insights of the kind of, let's just say, the, a little bit of rhyming slang, but obviously we're limited to what we can say because of the content of this, of the type of radio station we are, but he's going to give us an insight to his show, and also a book that he's just, well, a book he's just published, technically, which is... Um, the Dictionary of Rhyming Slang, so he'll give us a bit more insight to that, uh, but we'll be getting him on the show in the next five to ten minutes coming up. There's also something that I did today, I did today, I, was, I said I would never do, I said I'd never do, which uh, I will reveal to you in the day. This, this is my trusty background music, which I have to have on, just playing, just to liven up the show, to get people's attention, to grab you in the... I tell you, this team meeting earlier was just absolutely fabulous. An insight to learning learning radio from a top guy. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name because his name was about ten names long. So I thought, right, okay, there's no way I'm going to attempt to that because I'll just look a complete and utter fool. But yeah, for those who have just been on, you've just listened to Lifeline with Comfort. She was on just about an, a half an hour ago. So uh, you can also tune in on a regular basis to Lifeline and Comfort, and you can also tune in to Aloha, her morning show. Uh, It's 7 o'clock in the morning? Yes. (laughs) Hey, it's all good. But uh, learning that we have to grab your... Learning just how to grab your attention. What can I do better to grab you, keep you listening to my... um, random tones hey as you do uh well that was good i did have background music but wasn't doing my usual but hey i'm gonna do it again but um as i'm saying what was i saying yeah i lost my train of thought because my background music stopped (laughs) all good but um anyway what kind of um i've actually completely lost my train of thought because actually i when you say you just lose your train of thought completely and something just stops um what I'm going to talk about is just to bring to attention. So I'm going to also ask uh, Terry when he comes when he calls some views on certain things that are happening in the news because he deals with radio himself. Um, we're going to, he's going to talk about about that and what he does. And a uh, really interesting guy to chat to. I had a coffee with him last night and I found him his knowledge of theatre, his knowledge of what he does is just uh, absolutely spot on. A great down to earth guy. Um, just brilliant at what he does um, but I don't want to reveal too much because I want him to tell him but that's what the whole point of doing an interview is so we are going to have um, I'm putting in very shortly we're going to play a little bit of music but we're about breaking headlines that have been in the news recently which I, I kind of capture your well recent one I mean are we sexualizing young girls too quickly now there's are we is it something that 
you see that it angers you. Does this anger you? Does this sort of make make your blood boil and say, "Well, why are we trying to take children's childhoods away so early?" And why are we trying to do these type of things? Because there's a breaking news that an ad campaign of a, four, a young girl wearing a, a hijab basically that it's not usually worn until girls are actually reach puberty so why are we trying to sexualize and trying to younger our kids so early why can't we just let kids be kids why are we trying to get be so pc and gender equality and yes you've got to choose this and choose that and bloody blah, blah it's like really why can't kids just be kids these days why can't kids just let them grow up naturally be kids and why are we trying to sort of make them in this little bubble and just to just to suit suit society? So why are we doing that? Um, also, but I'm not going to not going to go too much into that because the aim is we want to keep it a sort of festival team tonight. We are going to well, I can bounce some questions off Terry when he comes in on the phone. Um, but it's good to sort of ask these questions. Why are we sexualizing our kids? Why are we taking their innocence away so early when in the world? When, when they grow up, what are they going to be thinking? What do I do? What's right and what's wrong? I mean, what, we, we're just, just to please society. And it's getting to stage, it's getting very out of hand. Um, so I'm going to bounce some questions off Terry, but I'm going to play a bit, I'm not going to go too much into it because it's a bit of an easy show. It's, um, it's a kind of chill, want to keep it festival, try and keep your engagement in suit. Because when the festival's on, you want to find out about Edinburgh. If you've never been in Edinburgh before, you want to understand what's going on, what it's like to be. Somebody who is performing in the Edinburgh Festival, somebody who is uh, has to, you, you, whether you're a one-man band or you're with a group that you have to go out and do all your flyering, or you've got people doing your flyers for you to drum up business and get the people in bums on seats, basically. You have to get people to buy your tickets and come and see your show. You have to sell your show. What's uh, attractive to you about your show? And let's just say you're competing with the best part of over 3,000 acts in the Edinburgh Festival with nearly over 200 venues. And it's this crazy competition. And let's just say the amount of flyers that get handed out and the ones that get put in the bin as you walk past is uh, unbelievable. So the amount of money is obviously spent, the money is probably wasted very, very quickly in the Edinburgh Festival. It just goes down the drain very quickly, but it's a, it's a total lottery. But we're going to get an insight through Terry, how he's found just doing the festival. And he's uh, a great guy to chat to. So, But we'll be getting him in in about the next five minutes. In a couple of minutes, we're going to play a, a tune just to sort of... Um, Kill well, kill some time. <laughs> a tune to um, then we'll get him on, on the show, and then we'll interview him, and we'll take it from there. And then the hat trick will be joining us. The hat trick will be joining us, baby. The hat trick will be listening. Um, talking about my cars again. He's was at a motor show. He'll give us an insight to that earlier. He also give us insight to the new car, new make of car. Well, sorry, a new model of car. It does help, but it's a make that uh, my friend Kelvin Fagan would like. Excuse me. And I also want to give a shout out just before I forget. She might be listening. I did see it, tell her to listen to is my friend Shannon Griffin, who's in uh, California. And uh, she's uh, somebody who, just to give her a shout out because she's a survivor of breast cancer. And uh, basically, she, with a year, after a year of chemotherapy and everything, she's literally this girl's on fire, completely praising God, completely just uh, serving. Um, her gifts to the ability what God has given her um, from helping people to raise, raising money to create an event to talk to help uh, cancer survivors 
creates t-shirts, she does lots of things and she's just on fire at the moment. So if you, Shannon Griffin, if you're those who are listening abroad in, across the pond in America, she, uh, Shannon Griffin, uh, Survive and Thrive or For Humanities, which is number four, Humanities, as in T-W-E-S, like t- t-shirts, uh, you'll find her on uh, Facebook, uh, also on Twitter, and you can uh, see her live broadcast. She constantly goes live, constantly promoting what she does. Absolutely uh, uh, star, brilliant, uh, really, really fun to watch. So anyway, a big shout out to Shannon. So I'm going to get onto the music, because I think it is a good, appropriate song. Uh, we all are... Today I found that um, we are loved by many people. We are We are cared for by many people. And... I, just by meeting right people, it's amazing the amount of people that do actually care or want it, especially if you're doing a project or you're doing something. And I think it's it's important to uh, to have somebody, people to find these people who you have a, a you share that kind of passion, you share that kind of uh, goal that you want to just help each other, help people, and go out there and to do just do something, not not for your own benefit, but to actually just to simply help people. So I'm going to play. Um, a song by Winona Judd, which is Yes, You Were Loved. Um, great song, which is taken from the Touch by an Angel soundtrack. If you remember Touch by an Angel, which was on the US TV in the 90s. Uh, great sort of series, if you ever watched that. Fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Uh, let's just say, I, I, many a times I was uh, <laughs> bawling my eyes out in front of it. <laughs> so I have to say, it was <laughs> just to admit that on radio. But uh, absolutely, just... Yeah, talked a lot of sense. It was a great, great show. It meant a lot to. I'm sure there's some great messages through it. So if you ever remember Touch an Angel and you watched it, if you haven't watched it again, you can go and back, go and get dig out some old episodes online. But uh, absolutely had a lot of good meanings uh, regarding. Um, obviously, it was about angels and stuff and God, but it was yeah, good message through it. But anyway, uh, we'll get Terry on the phone uh, after this. Speech in a bit. We all wanna be. Yeah. 
Back to Hatchik and Ramsey Unleashed Podcast Show on Hearts on Live, Edinburgh's number one Christian radio station. We have on the line Terry Victor from Well Thumbs. Welcome, Terry. How's it going? Oh, it's going fine. And thank you for the build up. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> so, how, how's, it, how's it going today? How's your day been? Um, with, uh... Well, you know, after that late night coffee with you last night, I had a lay in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I've been out doing what I've done every day this festival, which is handing leaflets to people. Say, <laughs> so come and see my little show, please. And you meet some lovely people. You do this, the festival is just, a, let's say, a, a box of tricks of people when it comes to the amount Oh, yes. Different nationalities from all over just coming to simply put a show. And a range of eccentricities. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So how... This is your is this your first time actually in the Edinburgh Festival, is you or have you been before? Well, it's my first one man festival. Okay, I, I, I've come up with plays in the past. Okay, it's the first time I've ever come up as a one man show with me as the well, basically the everything: the producer, the roadie, the writer, the <laughs> the get on the stage, do the job, and take it all down again, man. That's good. So what was the shows you did before? Before you did, you came up to do the one man show. Uh, the the first time I brought up a play which was a two-hander. Uh, oh, God, this must be 15 years ago, I think, <laughs> thereabouts. And it was a play about the influence of, woman, of various women on one stand-up comedian. Okay, interesting. And it, it got very well-reviewed, and uh, very well-reviewed, and was pick of the weekend in your national press. But we were only up for a week, so the day we got the reviews was the day we closed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fringe. And then I was up again about five years ago with with an anti-war play. Okay. That, again, got very good, serious reviews. But I don't know. It didn't attract the audiences. But we, we subsequently, we toured it around Wales with some great effect. Okay. Uh, beautiful play. So what would you uh, mean, I mean, how are you finding being, with a one-man show at the moment, how are you finding it difficult from the previous two times that you've been here? Well, the most frustrating thing is I'm too busy doing the promotion to actually go and see anything else. <laughs> and the joy of being at the fringe is all these shows and, you know, people you know, and you want to go and see these things. And I can't because literally every day I'm out flying you know? exactly. <laughs> or, or popping into shops and saying you're the right sort of shop for my sort of audience would you like to take a pile of leaflets <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, so I, so what what kind of people have you met so just by flying have you had many conversations it's been a kind of people that have just taken a flyer and just walked past and go right okay but the best conversations are with the other flyers Right, okay. I mean, you know, there, there are some lovely conversations with people in the street, but the, the flyers, a lot of them are people like me sort of out there promoting their shows and their ones and their twos or the whatever. Mm. And they're, they're so keen and enthusiastic about the arts. Right. 
that, that we just have a good time talking to each other. There's, there's a young lady from Canada who's coming to see the show tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. We, we fly at the same corner twice. <laughs> <laughs> Is it kind of like a game, you know, remember the game Top Trumps? Is it kind of like a flyer Trump sort of thing? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll raise you two of my flyers if you give me one of yours uh, kind of thing. Well, there is a bit of fly, a flyer swapping goes on, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have walked past the George's Square just with my flyers in my hands so that if anyone waved a flyer at me, I could wave back. <laughs> Not to give it out. <laughs> so, but a, a lot of them, of course, are university students and stuff like that, and they form part of the audience I'm targeting. So That's good. So, yeah. Tell us, um, well, tell us about your show, which is obviously called Well Thumbed. Within reason of what you can tell us, obviously, after me seeing it last night. <laughs> uh, yes, and, and it should be said, you had the dirtiest laugh in the audience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I was picking up. Yes, I think that's fair. <laughs> I, think I, I think I was picking up the euphemisms uh, a little bit too much. <laughs> Um, yes, it's not too euphemistic, let's be honest. It, well-thumbed refers to that, that bit with old library books or with the classic books. When you opened them, they always used to open at the dirty bits. Right, okay. They were at the well-thumbed bits. Right. So I thought we could celebrate literature by encouraging people to engage with it via these little bits. And I've got 70-plus... Um, you know, classic authors, really great names like Jane Austen and Charlotte Bronte and Aristophanes and Plato and, and the, you know, from the Bible and the Talmud, all sorts of sources to engage people with the idea of books. And it's, it really is very adult. It's, it's quite rude yeah. because everybody has always written about it all the time. It's, it's not as if we've suddenly invented it in the 21st century. So I'm, I'm calling it stand-up literature as a genre mm-hmm. and describing it as the classic books with the clean bits cut out. <laughs> That's the show. <laughs> but just listening, I, mean, I suppose for me, I mean, there's the odd name that I did know and the odd uh, of, of uh, regarding like Shakespeare and stuff with Jane Austen. But there's obviously a lot of uh, authors who had, I don't know because obviously it's maybe just not my, it's either before my, well before my, a lot of our times, but also, but it depends on the kind of you, where you're brought up. If you're brought up in yeah. books and things, you'd understand who they are. And I go, like, who are they? <laughs> but, the, but I used to be scared of Dickens, the books were really thick. <laughs> <laughs> I do a couple of quotes from Dickens and you were giggling. <laughs> They're not as forbidding as we think they are. No, exactly. So, well, <laughs> I'm trying to laugh because... <laughs> uh, I've got your laugh on a tape now. If the, if the show goes dead, I'm just going to play you. <laughs> <laughs> just multiply my laughs. It just might just, <laughs> you might end up in the audience. <laughs> yeah, I'll be outnumbered by Fraser's laugh. <laughs> oh, good grief. It was... Uh, but it was certainly... Yes, yeah, it was certainly an eye-opener. I suppose that we... I suppose in a sense it kind of makes... I suppose what the modern day Fifty Shades of Grey, bland, really, probably. Well, I, I don't know. I've never read the Fifty Shades of Grey, to be honest. Neither have I. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that, that particular area of human experience, we cover with people like Marcel Proust who and James Joyce. Mm-hmm. You know, they're big, big names in, in 19th, 20th century literature. Mm-hmm. And they were very frank. 
Very frank. <laughs> but no more frank than Shakespeare was. <laughs> so you so basically you with the show the show you've been doing, you've had how many shows have you done so far? Oh, I don't know what uh, where are we? We're on Monday now, aren't we? So this this will be the eighth or the ninth show. Eighth or ninth show and you've got how many you're on till the twenty Six. I'm on till the last Sunday of the festival, so the 27th, I think, because the festival closes on the Monday, and I'm 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 driving back home on that day. <laughs> and where's home for you? Back down in Wales. In Wales, you've got to drive all the way down. How long does it take you to drive down? Oh, it's six, six and a half hours. It's not too bad, except there seems to be a street party on the M5. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the traffic cones are out, you know. <laughs> so tell us, you've also, uh, you were telling me last night, you've, you've just written, well, I'll say, uh, it's not your ordinary book published. It's, uh, tell, us, it's <laughs> tell us about it. <laughs> well, just written does kind of compress the time scale. Um, I, I've been writing with a uh, another lexicographer, because this isn't my first dictionary. It's a dictionary we're talking about. But for the last five years, we've been writing a dictionary of rhyming slangs. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same as researching, doing well thumbed. Okay. You, you delve into an area, and we've had oh, let me see. We always thought there were about three and a half to four thousand headwords. That's the, the, the common law of how, how much rhyming slang there is. We've got over nine thousand distinct. I mean, huge. The book's thirteen hundred and fifty pages long. Good grief. And it was out last week. And, and the saddest bit of all for me, it's been sent to my home, you know, my copy of it. Yeah. It's been sent to my home and it's too big to post up here. So I've got to wait another fortnight before I can even see my book and open it. <laughs> I mean, eight, I mean 8,000 I mean, 8, over... No, nine, more than 9,000. 9,000 rhyming slang. I mean, yeah. researching that, how interesting or hard was it or easy researching rhyming slang? <laughs> some days great, some days hard work. Okay. Some days you feel like an idiot, some days you feel charmed. <laughs> it, that, that's the joy of researching that sort of stuff. And, and you know, because we're in Edinburgh, of course you've got people like Irvin Welsh. Yeah, true, yes. Who, who may not be everybody's cup of tea, but he would enough use rhyming slang. Exactly. <laughs> 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 so, well, tell us, you've also got experience in radio. Um, I mean, tell, how long have you been doing radio for? Oh, well, ooh, now you see, there's two bits of me that do radio. I used to do a lot of radio drama as an actor. Okay. But once once the BBC starts to employ you as a talking head, mm-hmm. the drama stuff dries up. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm, I've, I've also done a long-running series as a, as a comedy uh, astrologer for BBC Wales. I mean, we had 18 months of that series. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd, I'd write it and perform it. None of it was real. I couldn't understand astrology at all. It seems nonsense to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was great for t- setting up 12 different jokes once a week, you know. Um, but as, as a talking head, mm-hmm. the first big dictionary was published, what, uh, it's 2005. So yeah, about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And from then, I've been employed as kind of, originally as lexicographer, so someone who co- comment on language. But because I'm an actor, I'm not scared of the microphone. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've ended up doing crosswords live on the radio, talking about this, that, and every other thing you can imagine. But on Five Live, regularly, twice a month, in the early hours of a Monday morning, mm-hmm. there's a gramophone in for two hours, 
and and people phone in and bewail the use of apostrophes and 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 get concerned that people aren't being taught grammar. And nice is on the liberal left wing of language use. If you're saying it nicely and you care enough to communicate, I don't mind if you get it wrong. I don't think I'm better than you because I know where my apostrophes go. <laughs> and and you know, if you if you want people to to phone into a radio station, you've got to be slightly controversial. Yes. So I'm I'm up against someone who is totally the reverse. Mm-hmm. You know, Harrow educated, or I think it's Harrow or Eton or one of those, and and. Totally unforgiving of any grammar mistake, or indeed any really new evolution of the language since about 1950. So, <laughs> between us, we argue every program. <laughs> so, what, what, what's your uh, well, obviously what what's, what what politics are you in? What's your kind of are you more of a left or right centre? Not really. Oh, well, I, I'm I'm a strong union man. I'm I'm a member of Equity, the Actors Union. Okay. So so, so I, I I stand on the left. Um, but I don't entirely believe everything I'm here from wherever I hear it. Okay. I do try to make my own mind up and listen to the arguments. Okay. I, I, I don't particularly like party politics of any party. Right, okay. so I, I don't think just because I believe A, I should have to believe B. Okay. And that is kind of the rule of party politics. You have to sort of follow the party line. Yeah, but but that's, you're a gentle socialist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to be. Caring human being. It's you know? <laughs> good, though. It's good. I mean, I appreciate the, just the chat yesterday when we were discussing about theatre stuff regarding the project I'm doing, which is, yeah. uh, which is great information, great feedback, and uh, gave you a nice, big, a nice insight to theatre. And obviously, when you're starting off at the beginning and starting small, uh, how to not to get too ahead of yourself, but just to stick with the sort of the now almost. It's like learning to walk before you run, isn't it? Exactly. I, I, the, the biggest mistake people make with theatre and telly and all of the other stuff is they think it's glamorous. Mm-hmm. It's not. You get oh. dirty, you get sweaty, you work hard, and then for as long as whatever it is you're presenting is on, you look clean and shiny and sparkly and smiley and glamorous. And then you take it all down again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's this whole thing about having actors on chat shows. Yeah. Why? Most actors use other people's words, so they're probably least qualified to talk on chat shows. Exactly, you do get them. Exactly. So, (laughs) after Well Thumbed, what's your kind of other projects you've got in the sort of Uh, Oh, well, I've I've run a company with, with another actor called called Murder on the Menu for the last 25 years. Sure. And we, we've got a series of dates coming up for a private client in Blackpool and another load coming up. And we, we still do the train that is now called the Belmont Luxury Express. So, but, it, but effectively, it, people like to sort of imagine they're on the Orient Express. So we do the murders on there. Oh, wow. So you, uh, have you got any clients left? They're all dead. Sorry? Have you got any clients left? They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, it's just, it's a hard job, but somebody has to do it. <laughs> while we've been talking, I've been looking through the, the show leaflets, the show flyers, because uh-huh. you, you were talking a bit earlier about um, what, what's happening with the sexualization of children. Yes, I did, yes. What'd you, what'd you There's a show I had a leaflet for, and it's one that I put on my list of shows I want to see. Uh-huh. And I've got the name of it here, just for you. Okay. It's called We Need to Talk About Bobby off EastEnders. <laughs> and it, it's about a 13-year-old kid having to act in a thing that gets more and more adult as it goes along. Yeah. 
and whether the kid has the responsibility or whether the adults surround her have the responsibility and how they how they force the situation with their own moral agenda. Right, true. It sounded really interesting, so I thought, I thought I'd tell you. Okay. Well, so <laughs> what is your view? I mean, what, I mean, do you think we are trying to sexualise kids? No, of course we're not. No? We did that, in, we did that when I was a kid. Okay. We gave boys guns and we gave girls dolls. <laughs> How sexualised do you want to be? Aye, true. Okay. I'm just asking your, <laughs> just asking your opinion on it. Get feedback from... <laughs> hey, Sam, come on, this is radio. You've got to get slightly sort of controversial. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but no, I I think we, society sort of wavers back and forth. Right. Okay. But but it, but in essence, we've always given gender stereotypes to the children in my lifetime. Right. Okay. Uh, the, the way it's measured changes with the fashions and political consciousness of your times. Mm-hmm. But we've always patronised the children. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is just talk to them like they're human beings. Exactly. Yeah, which we're not doing these days. We're just being molly. Do you think kids are molly cuddled too much these days? I do think they need to play in the streets. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's this paranoia. You know, it's sort of that the, the world is so terrible. Yes, the world is terrible. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like not giving. I, I don't remember anyone in the 1950s having a peanut allergy because we just ate peanuts. Yeah. No, then you don't eat them for long enough, they are potentially allergic. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not molly coddling them, it's perhaps caring too much sometimes. Too much. So we... Yeah, don't let don't let my little Johnny get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <comes. Well>, oh. <laughs> I'd pause, I'm waiting for you to giggle and come up with another question. <laughs> it's making me laugh, that's the thing. Crumbs. Well listen. Um, well, what we're going to do is, uh, obviously, you've got to, you've got to get ready for your show, and we hopefully the, yeah, yeah. I, I, your time is you've got half an hour before it kicks off. Uh, for well, to be honest, it's it's why I can't don't know what the time is at the moment. I don't wear spectacles at the beginning of the show, so I've taken mine off and I'm letting the eyes acclimatise. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I can't read the time. Okay, well, it's currently half past eight. Um, oh, That's a relief. Thank you. Half past eight. So you've got half an hour time. You get yourself sorted and uh, yeah. ready. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll shake my wrists and kick my ankles, and I'll be fine. You'll be cool. But no, it was good to see your show and to help you out and uh, it's been, I appreciate the, if we can help you out as best we can if you I mean maybe well you'll be away sharp after your la- the last show but maybe closer to the end of the month if there's an opportunity if you want to actually physically come into the studio and uh, see the setup and, yeah. and give us a review after well, let's do it let's do it properly it's yeah. nine o'clock every night at the white space gallery okay. in east cross causeway <laughs> There we go. That's what you can do. People who are listening and you want to go and see uh, a, a good episode of Well Thumbed uh, by Terry Victor, go to the White Space Gallery, East Cross Causeway side. I can't pronounce, I can't even say that name but it's, it's for some reason. Um, but if you want to go and see him at 9 o'clock and uh, support him, great show. If you like your literature, you like the kind of... Um, like and I'll wave from the stage. I'll say hello. <laughs> well, also your show, because well, you are your show's called the Librarian. So you are the Librarian, aren't you? I am the Librarian. Yes, that's it. That that, that is the entire character. The, li- and the Librarian. <laughs> he is the li- You are. You have been listening to the Librarian, everybody. Terry Victor, the yeah, himself. <laughs> well, the, the whole point of my show, is that when you really boil it down, is we've got to keep the libraries alive. Yes, we do. And libraries are good for, especially for people going to study and things oh. and, and the information. Well, there. We they're a hub of community and knowledge. What more do you want? Exactly. Well, listen, I'll 
I'll let you get get going. We want to thank you for thanks very much, oh, Fraser. I appreciate the time and appreciate the the knowledge. And hopefully, we'll catch up before you have to leave to go back into back into Wales. And uh, we'll wish you the best for your show tonight. And hopefully, you get a nice. Well, thanks very much. It's been lovely to chat. And I appreciate that. Listen, you have, you have a good one, and we'll we'll catch up with you soon. Okay. Cheers. Take care. Okay, take care. Bye for now. Okay, and that was uh, Terry Victor from uh, Well Thumbed uh, showing the festival. You can go and see at nine o'clock tonight. Also, he's on all the way until the end of the festival. Uh, if you like this kind of literature, literature comedy, uh, I recommend going to see him. But we're going to hat trick. If uh, as I say, I'm going to put a message out to my man, my co-host. Uh, Hugh Hattrick, if you're listening, man, you're going to have to call in, man. Going to hit that dial button. I'm going to play some more tunes. That's what I'm going to do. You're going to come in and give us your car talk. But anyway, um, I'm going to play a... In fact, what I'm going to play... I'm gonna, well, in fact, you're going to get it right, man. Um, when you, it's by Faith Hill. It's called When You Cry. It's another song from the Touched by the Angel soundtrack. So I'm going to play that, and then time to play that, the hat-trick will come on in, man. He will come on in. So, um, take it easy, we'll be back shortly.
Welcome back to Hearts on Live. It's Hatrick and Ramsey on this podcast show on Hearts on Live. You've been listening to uh, Faith Hill um, when you cry. We've got Hugh on the phone. How you doing? Hello there. Good evening, Fraser. Good to speak to you and all our yes. listeners. Yes. Uh, so let's just, before we go into a little bit of car talk and a little bit of the usual stuff, let's, um, for the purpose of the Hearts on Live radio listeners and Hatrick and Ramsey on these podcast show listeners, let's um, do a little bit impromptu stuff, okay? Uh, okay. Who's Hugh Hattrick? Let's get it. Who is Hugh? Let's get people tell tell people about who you are. I'm a man <laughs> who lives in the borders. That's, you know, that's, that's a good <laughs> who thing. likes to keep under the radar, so he's not going to give out too many details. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. It was, you know, <laughs> it was like, I have a couple of aliases. Name, you know, you know, yes, uh, John Smith. You know, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy Cranky, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Nicholas Sturgeon has got that name already. Sorry. <laughs> can I, can I? I'm the cousin. No, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, I know I met you at school, Fraser. I know. Yes. So, where do you want to know me from? What's the thing? Well, just um, you know, give us uh, give people a quick insight to who is uh, for the others who are listening. Who's Hugh Hattrick? Who obviously we did meet. Yeah, well, but just uh, a brief. I don't know, quick run through your life or whatever you want to say within, within obviously. This is your life. Yeah, this okay. is your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I was born and bred in the borders, uh, in Duns, and uh, kind of, uh, yeah, in the borders town in Duns. Um, and uh, went to school in Duns. And then uh, when I was 15, changed school to go to Longridge Towers. And that's where I met you, Fraser. Exactly. So it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> and survived that. And now for, you were there for about a year or so uh, when I was there, well, along with Jonathan. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I stayed there till end of 93. Um, managed to get a couple of hires and a few GCSEs, uh, which was not enough to get me into any kind of further education at all. Um, you know, guaranteed no acceptance. Um, and then, so uh, and then uh, I got my first job in Edinburgh, moved up to Edinburgh, because um, that's where the work was, and I worked in a bookshop. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then after being pretty much not quite fired from there, but told it was time to do something else um, by my boss, um, I went to the Royal Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stayed there for about two and a bit years. I, I was just a temporary uh, cashier. And uh, yeah, I learned quite a bit in there. Um, I went from different branches across Edinburgh. And uh, it was pretty dreadful, mind you. I, I remember one story of um, we were all kind of serving customers. And this homeless chap came into the, the bank with his dog. And he wanted to ch- he wanted to get his money changed or his change into pound notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, his dog did a huge crap on the floor in the in the waiting area and would you believe it the, the boss happened to come in the big bank manager came down and he basically wanted one of the tellers uh, like myself to clean it up and i said but you know so i i kind of ducked out the way when he was looking over to see who he could choose and my mate he was next to me he got chosen so he had to go and get a shovel and everything and they, they had cleaners that where i thought would have done that but he had to go and clean it all up so it was quite a, it was quite a place um, so I left there after about two and a bit years because um, it was pretty awful. Um, and then did various different jobs, worked in customer service. Um, uh, I was you know, all involved in the PPI scam. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, was in, I worked for one of the banks that kind of said, oh, yeah, that's right, you need to cover your loan, cover your credit card with all these kind of things that just wouldn't cover you anyway um, and got paid for it. And, uh, but no, I was only in HSBC for a wee while, mm-hmm. for about six months to nine months. 
and uh, and then oh, I think there's somebody at the door here. Oh, and uh, the builder's coming. <laughs> oh no, the builder. But you might need to put some music on. Um, uh, but um, but yeah. Um, so then, what did that? I got up to the HSBC bank. Okay. And uh, there we are. Give me two seconds, Fraser. Sorry, two seconds. I'll, I'll oh, be back. Well, he's, 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 he's going to <laughs> live radio, folks. This is extreme makeover on Hearts on Live Radio. <laughs> yeah, I know. You just wouldn't get that anywhere else. I know. So, you know. <laughs> You've got, uh, huge builders just turn up at the door. So we're going to rebuild your house again. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> An hour. So, yes. So then. So then. <laughs> <laughs> I should do some free advertising for him, actually. Um, but um, but uh, but yeah. So um, yeah, I went, worked for the bank for a while, and then in the end, I'd always wanted to go into cars, um, and I became a, a broker. I used to sell cars online, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which I hope to do again, actually. Um, and then I went into rental, and with rental, that's where the big money was. Um, and I didn't have any big money, so I went bust. So <laughs> it was kind of just before the financial crash right. um, in 2007. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a bit of my history. And then after that, I worked in garages. Um, and then now um, I'm a carer. So pretty much full-time carer. Clean for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so, certain people, yeah, you care for people, you clean them. Yes, so mainly kind of respite work and, mm. um, and also um, a bit more kind of, uh, what do they call it, um, uh, private work or, you know, the kind of stuff where you, yeah, help people in all the, all the situations that are required. Yeah. Under, um, under, but, yeah, but undercover work as well, yeah? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. So, Hugh saying, if you ever see Hugh sitting in a sort of rickety old car, but KFC on wrappers on the dashboard, you know he's undercover. Just leave him alone. <laughs> you can honk the horn. Uh, but also tell us about the time when it was. This is going back to 1994. Was it 94? It was 94. Yeah. You be you came to well you, you obviously the time in Cram I stayed in Cramond, you came to Barton Baptist. And then a year, Yes, that's yeah, right. And then a year later, about a year and a bit later, I met you at Brunsfield in Edinburgh at some event and I went, Chug, how are you doing here? <laughs> I cause that's right, because I hadn't seen you for a few years, wasn't it? It was, it was a good few years. Right. Um I think it was later than that. I think it was about ninety eight, ninety nine when I when I okay. um, met you at that place at Brunsfield. It was a bit later on, I think. Was it okay? But yeah. um yeah, because uh, I remember going there with some friends, mm-hmm. and I saw you, and I thought ah, that can only be Fraser. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, but the, I, I can actually listen to like this one because I went to a Cayley Now uh, it was up at Morningside Baptist. He's going to bother us again. Oh, oh, two seconds in. Yeah, that, that's fine. That's before. In fact, what we're going to do well, before we come to the, before we come to the story, right? Oh, I don't know. That's the, Cowboy builders at your service. Rogue traders. While he's doing with his builder, we're going to do a quick nine-second promo. So hang on a Tune into Hard Song Live Radio, Edinburgh's number one online Christian radio station. Yep. I think, I think that's a good for someone. And Hugh's still... 
you're getting a, a great conversation with Bill there. It's exciting stuff. Oh. So if you're not switched off, please don't switch off. This is good. This is great. This is great. This is Rogue Traders. Yep, somebody's been chancing their arm. It's uh, Rogue Traders at your service. Brilliant. Um, so I'm going to play some music while Hugh is actually um, kind of dealing with his builder. He's obviously getting his bricks laid. And uh, we will be back after um, Carrie Underwood. Uh, Jesus Take the Wheel played this before it was a great song uh, so I'll be back once he's dealt with his builder and we'll get the car talk okay and we'll speak to you shortly <laughs>
Welcome back to Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show on Hearts Song Live. We'll carry on that story from uh, Hugh. I was just carrying on with Jesus Take the Wheel. So Hugh, from Bristol. Yeah, we left everybody We left everybody in suspense. I know. <laughs> I was just, uh, oh, what's the answer to that one then? So tell, yeah. carry on your story. From Brentfield, we met, we caught, caught up. And, yeah. Oh, yes, it was, it was the Morningside Kaylee. And uh, I remember going with a few of my friends, um, and uh, I knew where it was a massive Keeley, and they were all doing an eat some reel, and uh, and your laces were undone, and your shoes, and you were on the one right up right behind me, and as you were hearing round and round, I happened to step on your shoelace, <laughs> and you went hearing down with your partner. And you took the whole the group down <laughs> along with it. And it was there that you suddenly realised that was me. And you went, shuggy, <laughs> as loud as you could in front of the whole audience, like everybody who was up on the floor. So they all started laughing. And I went, oh, cool. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You know, it was like, I didn't know whether I should say, I'm not you. You know, you got, must have mistaken me for somebody else. But it was like, so, so that was that. And then really from then on. But yeah. I mean, I got saved when I was, well, I started going to church in 1994 properly. Um, kind of 94, 95 after I'd been to Barnton yeah. or to one that, that you went to um, and I started kind of exploring you know my relationship with Christ and what it meant to me and what you know because I'd always believed in God but I didn't really know anything well I knew a bit about the Bible um, but I started to explore that and do Bible studies um, and uh, I got in with a really nice group of people um, who were really kind of caring and helpful and I started going to a church in Leith and then in 1996 on October the 6th 96 um, I got baptised, um, and that was me, a Christian, and, and it, it, there's no doubt about it, it's changed my life ever since. Um, it has, you know, you know, knowing Jesus and, and just walking that walk, even though it's it's extremely tough, um, but it's a wonderful learning experience, and it's been incredibly rewarding. That's good. Well, well, what we'll do, we're going to leave that part there, and we're going to we'll come into later episodes. We'll get more of the hat trick, the insider, the inside information. This is top secret, but we're going to go into our usual. And just as we turn into the end of the show, we're going to come to our car talk with the hat trick. Hey. So this is unfortunately we don't. Okay, we our, our analyst is not about. He's. Uh, out tonight with his mother. This is obviously some information you really want to know. He's out with his mother tonight seeing stuff in the festival. So um, he's doing that. Uh, he's not going to... We will have the budget card a week at some point again when he comes back with your sort of cars that cost three million quid and you can pay them up at, at about £500 a month, if not five grand a month. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you get that? I think that's more like a second, you know, five grand a second. Exactly. Then, you know. Exactly. So well, um, well, he'll be back at some point when he's got a moment and he's uh, not being yeah. uh, doing his usual. Um, but we're gonna, so we're going to bring in, you've interesting car talk, you. You've been away. Yes, weekend. I've got some really good deals today, really good deals. Um, there are some phenomenally cheap cars out there just now. And one of the garages that I've been looking at that was actually at, at the touring car race yesterday it was Fraser's of Falkirk, and they sell MG and also Sanyong. Um, and one of their deals was on the new MG3, which has been out for a few years now, but it's been updated. Uh, it's very well equipped, and you can get a car for just 7995 which is uh, an MG3 form sport. It's a five-door kind of Fiesta-sized car with an insurance group of just four, so it's 4E, which is very, very low indeed. Um, uh, and it, co- it should be near enough £10,200, but it's just 7995 And the PCP deals, like the personal contract purchase, um, can only be 
literally about 140 a month, if that. That's good. Um, especially if you put a bit more deposit down. They've actually got an amazing deal on the top of the range one, which is the MG3 Freestyle Plus. Now, that car should be 11700 and it's only 9995 And the deal they're doing on that is spectacular. It's just £163, £163 down and £163 a month. Oh. which is incredibly cheap. For I mean, if you're looking for a first car, you know, a first new car, I mean, that has to be worth a look. Wait, what'd you, what'd um, you, it's you, a phenomenal deal. What do you think of the new MGs? Are they a lot better than they were, or what's the kind of problem as they've re- resurrected and come out again? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the new, I mean, the old ones were getting past it, there's no doubt about it, but the new ones I quite like. I mean, the MG3 gets a fairly reasonable write-up, gets three and a half out of five on an auto car, um, it drives well, it handles, you know, the ride is good, um, the engine is, is pretty reasonable, it's not the most economical car you could ever drive, but it's not bad, um, and it's just, you know, it, they've got decent long warranties on them, um, they're not getting any kind of horror story reports of reliability problems, um, and they look nice, you know, I think they're quite different, and at that kind of money, it's so cheap. I mean, basically 163 down, and then 60 payments of £163, and you own it, it's 0% APR. I mean, it's nothing. You know, if you put £1,000 down on that, um, it would be coming down to probably about 145 150 quid a month and you own a car, you know? So it's it's very, very cheap. Well, tell us, you're also at an event yesterday with uh, our analyst. Yes, I was at Knock Hill Touring Cars. It was the British, British Touring Car Championship and it was the rounds uh, at Knock Hill. So we had three races. Um, fantastic fun, actually. I hadn't been for years. Um, so it was great to get back there and experience uh, all the smells and the, and the kind of, you know, all the, all the exciting scenes of motor racing. Um, yeah, and it was great. Really good. The first two races were won by a Subaru and the final race was won by a Toyota. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, there's 32 cars in the lineup on the grid. So it's, you know, it's massive. Um, but Knock Hill's really good because it's a very short circuit. So you don't have to wait very long to see the cars come round again. So it's, uh, you know, just constant action. There were lots of crashes. Just in front of us, uh, Matt Neal, who drives for the Honda team, um, went spinning off. He hit somebody and went spinning off into the gravel. Um, so we saw all that happen just in front of us. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it's really kind of good, good spirited, um, good fun. And with Knock Hill as well, because it's in Fife, right up in the hills, you never know what the weather's going to be like. So we were sunburnt in the morning, and then we froze in the afternoon. We literally froze. I had to buy a jacket when I was there, because it was so cold. <clears throat> so, yeah, we had to kind of thaw ourselves out in the evening when we drove back. <laughs> and uh, But, uh, but yeah, it was great fun. And, you know, it was 30 quid to get in for an adult. Um, and we got a full, I think it was about eight or nine races throughout the day. Uh, and it, you know, it was really good fun. The food was really cheap as well. You get a roll and sausage for two pounds, which is an incredible deal for a, an a outdoor event, you know. Uh, and they had lots of other um, food options as well. Um, so yeah, it was great fun actually. I'm, I'm glad I went, um, and it was. I think it was reasonably well attended as well. Complaining? Sorry, there's just no KFC. What's going on? Well, there, there was a chicken. There was a chicken stand. <laughs> But I, I just didn't fancy that. I'd had chicken on Saturday night at KFC, and I, contrary to popular belief, I don't eat it all the time. I know, I know you seem to think I do, oh, we're but going, I hey, don't. Grace, would you want to go for food? KFC? No, Danny, I want to do something else. Would you go to KFC? No, Danny, no, no, I want to do something else. KFC? Oh, okay, Danny, KFC. 
<laughs> but I was also I was also at the I was in New York on Saturday. It's been a huge weekend, one of the busiest weekends I've had in years. Mm-hmm. And we traipsed all the way down. It was a 300 mile plus round trip to get to York to go to the railway museum on Saturday. Okay. Uh, and I have to say, I mean, it, if, you, if little ones like railways and and, and a lot of them do, <laughs> it, it's quite interesting. But I have to say, I was quite bored. I think only because it, it, it was it was just a bit. There's not much you can actually do there. They said there was a simulator, but we never found it. And everything else was pretty dusty and kind of <clears throat> you couldn't you couldn't even go into it. You had to look through a window, so you couldn't uh, even like you know if you go to the East Fortune Air Museum uh, up at you know up at uh, uh, well, East Fortune that be, that makes sense near North Berwick, um, you can actually step into the planes and see the controls. There's a there's a simulator game. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, and it gets, it's a far more interesting experience. But here, the, o- the only train you could sit in was an old one from the 80s. That was just like something you'd get on anyway. Okay. On, a, you know, an East Coast mainline. <coughs> well, what I'm going to do... So there we... Well, we're, we're going to cut you off slightly. I'm going to actually... For a, at the beginning of the show, I said to the listeners, I did something today in Edinburgh. I said, I, would never, I said to myself that I'd never do. I actually had to... Because my van, my van is in the garage, getting fixed, getting some stuff done to it. I had to go and hire a van today, and the quickest way to pick up the van from Arnold Park at Sykes Hill, near the Fiat garage, uh, was instead of getting a bus. Uh, that's your phone got it's, it's like cubby cold color. You couldn't really make it up. It's like a. It's so anyway, as I was saying, I actually had to get onto one of the trams. I thought you're kidding me. I'm gonna have to get on the trams. The quickest way there. I thought, and I thought, good grief! I said I would never get on a tram because there's 800 million pound waste of money project. And I had to get on a tram. I said, oh, jinx! <laughs> so I had to make. So it was actually, well, to be honest, it was actually quite quick. I had to admit for just that short journey because it saved me a lot of time walking, and uh, it was quicker. Got the hire van, did what I needed to do, and then boom, happy days. And How far did you have to go in it? Where did you get your van from? Well, well say Hill Arnold Clark, just there, so I had to... Oh, right. Well, that's not too bad, then. Too far, uh, so I basically got, got on to the guile, uh, then cut, cut round, round the corner, a few corners, bada-boom, and then off, and then I was just there, happy days. So... Uh, it's about two, was it, well, actually, it was about one pound sixty or something. One sixty. Same to as do the, that. Same as the bus. Uh, so made it a lot easier. Uh, got myself there, uh, got van, happy days, back in the road, get, get the jobs done. But it's all but it's been a, a busy, it's been a general busy day because I was doing stuff. I mean, just the meeting, the team meeting this morning on Heart Song it was great, uh, great insight to uh, for radio and obviously to improve and to obviously keep the audience engaged, which is the main thing, and not talk uh, like we used to talk a lot of obviously like we used to do, but we do that anyway. Um, but um, it was just really good insight. It was fantastic. Great to meet uh, some of the other well, one of the other presenters I hadn't met yet. Um, and, uh, it was just, it was brilliant. It was just good. It was uh, bad to leave. So I had to go get the van. So, but it was, I wish I'd seen a bit more. But it was a good. Nice bit of role playing and things to do and challenges and to obviously to take make things better going forward. So, it was a, and then a good insight to what on behind the scenes in radio. But anyway, we're going to wrap it up there. And uh, yeah, that's, that's our show for another another one. And um, we're going to stop the music. Yeah, so we're back next week. We are back next week. Uh, hopefully, whoever can get in the studio will be nice, whether yourself or John, if they're kicking around. I'll be. I'll, I'm definitely back up in two weeks' time. Definitely in two weeks' time. Okay. 
Um, I'm back at work in a week's time, so I don't think it'll be a week today, but it'll certainly be in two weeks' time for sure. Okay, cool. We want to thank you for for to Terry Victor, who'll be actually starting his show right now uh, for the for in, being on the show and having the great in, insight to what he does. Um, so it's good to interview him, and thank you for the, just that's been a really great day, a positive day in Hearts on Live Radio t- uh, Studio today. Uh, it's been great. We just want to keep listening, keep supporting us. Keep giving us uh, feedback because obviously we're here to learn. We want to learn, do something, be able to keep the listens, listeners that we've got. Obviously, gain more. But we want to be able to have that kind of feedback from you guys because if you don't give us the feedback, we ain't going to do better and we're going to learn and we take this place, this radio station forward. Uh, and for the time we've been here, three to four months, it's been a challenge. It's been a nice challenge. It's been a we've been raising the bar every day, just keeping uh, small steps and going forward. So we want to thank you for tuning in to the Hatrick and Ramsey on the podcast show on Hearts on Live. And uh, till next week, we'll see you later. Goodbye. Okay. Excellent. Bye. Just now. Okay. Bye bye now. <laughs>